Welcome back to On Track Tips. My name is Jason Weiser, and you're listening to Get On Track, Stay On Track. And we're helping your small business one expert at a time. And this week, we're going to be talking with Efat Cohen and Mark Gaffney about digital intimacy and business. Mark and Efat, they met a while back at a MetaMind event, and they began debating their online life and digital intimacy. Mark said, hey, Efat, I'm writing this book, and uh, I wanted you to join me and do a couple chapters. Well, that few chapters turned into a collaboration, and Mark and Efat are now writing the entire book together, and this Hangout is just one of many in a series that will make up the entire book. See, they're using these Hangouts to use the, to make the chapters of the books. So I think it's a brilliant uh, idea and concept. So I'm really honored that these two have invited On Track Tips audience, both yourselves and myself, to take part in this one-of-a-kind event. And uh, over on Twitter, we uh, love to make sure to say hi to all of our followers on Twitter using Tweet Chat today. The hashtag is OnTrackTips, hashtag OnTrackTips. And we're going to ask you the question, today's Twitter chat question is, do you think Hangouts on Air are intimate? Do you feel like Hangouts on Air are intimate? Talking with digital intimacy and business, Ifat Cohen, Mark Gaffney. Mark Gaffney, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here, Jason. Ifat, it's great to be here with you, my collaborator. I, I was laughing in the green room with uh, Mark how, how I said, you know, as we're talking about digital Im- intimacy, I feel rather voyeuristic over the last couple of days of kind of peeking in and watching all the work that Mark and Ephod have been doing. This is like the fourth in this series, so you want to make sure anybody that's watching this show, go back and look for some of those other events because there's some great content back there that we're not going to recycle. We're going to go into a whole new dimension with this conversation, hopefully. Ephod, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jason. Love being with you. And and you know and, and on track tips loves having you here. We love we love the post. There's a, a post that was just recently written uh, uh, about uh, one of the last times Efot was with us. And we know that unlike most people who are also terrified of Big Brother and cyber identities, Efot's one of the few people that I just I love her because she just embraces the stuff. It's like she just loves getting her hand in there and getting dirty when everybody else is running and shrieking in terror of the whole Big Brother privacy identity thing. So, uh, lastly, before before we get started with the show, I want to make sure we thank our sponsor. Our sponsor this week is Wiser Sites, and uh, they're making this episode possible. Wiser Sites is an online general contractor, and they ask, what are your goals, what are your resources, your time and your budget, and they guide you past all those shiny objects and straight to a measurable ROI in your marketing objectives. Is it custom WordPress, metrics, analytics, social media, email marketing, hosting speed and security? What is it that you need help with? Give wisersites.com a call. You can call them at 231 432 8177. Call them today and talk about your business needs. I want to get right into the show. And uh, like I said, we, we in, in the past three shows, you spent a lot of time talking about what is digital intimacy. So I don't want to spend a terrible amount of time there, but I think we have, we need it. Uh, we need to at least spend a few minutes. Mark, can you kind of lay out the, the framework of what we're talking about here with digital intimacy? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. You know, And what I just want to say, which I, I say every show, but it's worth reiterating, I am so delighted to be working with Yifat. Yifat has done just so much incredible work in, in making Google Plus and an active and live framework, kind of taking technology. It's kind of like the last scene in the Matrix, Matrix 3, where technology becomes alive, and then the machines are alive. So Yifat is a, a living, breathing expression of that, and I could not have a better partner in kind of unpacking this book. So Yifat, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, total. Thank you. Digital intimacy. You know, the, the simple way to say it is, you know, Jason, is that, you know, that last scene in the matrix is really where it's happening, right? It's really the machines and the human beings. You know, and at what point do we actually begin to use the machines to enact our core human values? We're all digitally interconnected. 
You know, you, you can barely talk to a person in a conversation today without them looking down and texting as they're talking to you. You, know, you try and create intimacy in an actual conversation. And we're used to hearing how the digital world is a violation of intimacy. We can't be face-to-face -face anymore. You know, Skype calls are so complex and you can't really hear the person and it's all distracting. And we hear about the alienation, right, of the virtual world. And we hear very little about the, the virtue of the virtual world. And since the virtual world's here to stay, we're not going backwards, right? We're not going to go back to a place before we have automobiles, even though automobiles, right, cause fatalities, right? The nature of technological unfolding is we drive cars. So now, how does the car begin to serve me? Right? How does the digital world begin to be not an alienating factor? How does it serve my intimacy? Let's say I'm running a business, and I've got 50 people on staff, and we meet only twice a year. I have at least four friends who are entrepreneurs who are running those kinds of business. So how do you actually create a corporate culture, right, intimately, you know, online, right? Let's say, you know, I'm living, you know, in Japan. You know, my daughter, right, is in America, you know, because she's immigrated to America. For the first time, right, she doesn't just get absorbed in the host culture. She retains a connection to her old culture because there's this intimacy established digitally that didn't exist before. So what are the rules of digital intimacy? How do we create it? How do we actually invite technology, right, to actually be an expressor of greater intimacy than was possible before technology, even as, in the last sentence, let me turn it to Yifat, even as we're also aware, right, of the shadows. And as you've seen, we've talked about, Jason, in some of the shows, some of the shadows of digital intimacy, right? You know, both the voyeurism, the flaming, you know, the, the anonymous posting, you know, kind of the reputation management issues that come up. You know, these are all issues, violations of digital intimacy. And so digital intimacy is this kind of two-sided sword, enormous opportunity, enormous possibility for a deepening, for more intimacy, for more love, right, right, for more connectivity, right, for more relationship, for expanding and deepening your circle, and, right, it also kind of brings to bear the baser sides of human nature, right, which unregulated, right, actually explode in all the kind of, you know, kind of mob hysteria in what kind of ways, which create enormous, you know, pain, cyberbullying, you know, etc. So that's kind of the frame of the conversation. And the last sentence is the shocking thing is, Jason, that actually nobody's talking about it. You know, there's kind of general critiques of the web, but this conversation actually isn't taking place. And it could be one of the most important conversations of our time. Well, it's interesting. I would kind of push back on that because, and I, I'm sorry, Yifat, if you had something to say there, but I'm going to pass it to you because of one of our green room conversations. Mark, you say that nobody's having this conversation, yet I hear a lot of people that have a little bit of criticism about this conversation, uh, where where the conversation is framed in the context of relationship marketing and authenticity and being genuine online. And to what extent, you know, um, you know some of this stuff just seems like too obvious. For example, how many marketing products have we seen, $97 products go out there that tell us that hang out on air helps us be more intimate because we can see each other, we can talk to each other, we can hear each other, we can, okay, this is valuable information at one point, but now it's done, it's tired, we've heard it a lot, okay? So when you say that people aren't having the conversation, uh, Ifa, you, had, you and I were talking a little bit in the green room about an extension of where we can take this conversation to the next level so it's not all about kind of this kumbaya, fluff and flowers of let's be intimate, let's hug and kiss and have this little fun. What, what do you have to say all that? You know, that's great. You know, in other words, it's just like intimacy in the human realm, right? Intimacy in the human realm isn't about kind of just getting together and being in the same room, right, or seeing each other, right? Couples see each other, you know, in a monogamous marriage for 40 years, day in and day out, and there's no intimacy, right? right? It's about knowing how to use the realm you're in 
right, to create intimacy, right? What are the what are the ethics? How do you do it? How do you make a Skype call into a framework for intimacy? How do you use a selfie, not as a narcissistic expression, but as a framework for intimacy? How do you use GIFs? How do you use Voxer, right? Now, there's, how do you actually use these frames to actually create community, right, and to create depth as opposed to kind of creating alienation? So the fact we can see each other, great, right? People see each other all the time, and they don't create intimacy. How do we actually put consciousness, right, and intention, right, into creating, right, intimacy? I mean, that's the real question. Eva, bring this intimacy to business for me, will you? Yeah, and this is actually what you and I were talking about in the green room as well. How often the 80-20% rule, I need to share uh, other people 80% of the time and then 20% 20 20 of the time write my own stuff. Who created the rule? Why do I need to do that? Do I just create content for the sake of content creation? And if you do that, which is kind of like the reality that we have for Google+. It was more, how do I automate my entire thing so that I don't need to touch my marketing, followers happen, likes happen, plus one happen, and I'm not involved. And if I'm not involved and everything is automated, then there's no intimacy, then there's no relationship, then there's no connection. And what we're saying is that these tools exist, but if you're not using them in order to build the relationships, then you're not going to have the rela- you're not going to have referrals, you're not going to have uh, returning customers, you're not going to have the authority, you're not going to have the brand, nothing. And what we see right now with big companies even is that the marketing is moving more towards what I call emotional SEO, where the commercials and the advertisement and the campaigns are more personal. The latest one that happened was with uh, Pandora and Lindsay Sterling. So every uh, person, they chose seven people who gave Lindsay Sterling a thumb up and randomly they chose them and then when they did those seven people got a private concert from Lindsay Sterling on Skype I believe it was and they were controlling the environment and all that stuff and that created for them a one-on-one experience with their idol and then they went and talked about it and Pandora created a commercial about that but it wasn't the entire thing wasn't talking about Pandora hey use us and not teacher hey use us and not something else it was just displaying the personal relationship that Pandora can give its users with the people that they like. We see the same thing with the Dove commercial um, about uh, women uh, not recognizing how beautiful they are. They had a forensic uh, drawer draw them and then show them pictures of other people describing them. Um, They always with uh, hit like a girl. There's so many campaigns that are not even talking about the company but are talking about the emotional connection in relationships inside the society. And where that moves is that if you're watching one of those campaigns and that touches your heart, when you go to the grocery store or when you go to you know, buy a soap, for example, and you see Dove, and now what comes to mind is that heartfelt thing. Oh, Dove touched me, moved me emotionally, and now I'm creating in my mind that connection to whatever it is that I saw, and I can buy that product more than I would buy someone else that didn't create that emotional connection. So as businesses we have to invest in those relationships and it's completely new because nobody has done it until now. Until now we're just building our brand based on status and numbers and you know throwing money at stuff. And now we're moving more what I call the feminine side (laughs) where we're really connecting with people on an emotional level.
I, I want to get to that because that was a great question in a minute here. But before we get there, I want to ask this question because uh, let's let's make the transition. Your first three hangouts on air were very much about me, the person online, understanding digital intimacy, using illustrations about the two sisters that were in two different states and they were able to stay connected to each other, using different ways that this environment. Uh, you used illustrations about the husband and wife sitting at the dinner table and 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 not talking to each other, but instead spending all of their time in their. Okay, I understand why we're talking about digital intimacy. There's kind of a shift now in our culture about the way we interact with people, about how relationships are made. Mark, you said something I thought was brilliant. You talked about a responsibility that we have now to this new technology and how are we going to use it. So this, I think, is where the value of this conversation is, at least on the personal side. Go back and watch those first three interviews and you're going to see that. On the business side, how do we keep our personal lives and our business lives separate in this world where everything seems to be all so kind of uh, merged together? Uh, Mark? So let, 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 let's, let's jump in on that, Jason. So the whole idea of a split between the business and the personal right, is in some sense a false split. You know, my, my partner in um, the Center for Integral Wisdom is a gentleman named John Mackey, who's a grocer, and he started a grocery chain called Whole Foods, right? And, you know, Whole Foods is now kind of this, you know, large $20 billion business. And John's really championed, and John and I just did a kind of conversation on Forbes.com about this, what we call unique self in business, which is really kind of how does business actually awaken to realize that business itself, right, is not this place devoid of our personal lives, right? Business happens Monday through Friday. Our personal lives happen on the weekend, right? That's where business fails. That's where you get a corrupt capitalism, right? That's where you get a capitalism based on exploitation, alienation, crony capitalism. If you want a conscious business, so a conscious business actually takes relationships seriously, not just because they increase profit, but because I'm talking to you, because you're a human being, because I'm having a conversation, because Whole Foods has 80,000 employees who spend more of their time you know, in the company than they do in church or with their families, and if I don't actually bring consciousness, relationship, intimacy into the workplace, right? actually I'm going to create a corroded and destructive workplace, and Jason, the, the, the side product will be I'll have employees who will turn over, I'll have lower productivity, right? Right. I'll have you know enormous financial runs on my company because of you know um, health issues, right? And so the, the the implications for business and for the bottom line are real, but the reason you do it isn't in order to be more profitable. That's the paradox. That's where authenticity comes in. You do it because oh my God, I'm engaging another human being, and I want to create loyalty, and I want to create commitment, and I want to create integrity. And when you actually feel that that's authentically in play, and here's the big sentence for its own sake. It's authentically in play because, not because it's a clever marketing manipulation, right? But because actually, right, I'm engaging you as a human being, then you begin to trust me authentically, and then as a natural corollary, a natural byproduct of that trust, we've built relationship, and since we've built relationship, we're also going to wind up doing business. Because here's a definition of business. Let me throw you a definition of business, Jason, which kind of blows the mind. Business is voluntary exchange. We kind of forget that. That's what business is. The principle of business is voluntary exchange between people. That's what's gorgeous about it. That's what makes it kind of a sacred. It's not enforced. It's not coerced. Right? People decide to engage voluntarily. And when I feel that, wow, I'm talking to Jason T. Weiser, and I'm kind of interested in who's Jason. And by the way, deep apologies for not being long enough in the green room. I was overrun on another call. But like, as soon as I get off the phone, I'm going to write you thought and say, when can I talk to Jason? I actually like to meet the guy, and I'm kind of honest, showing who is he, where's he from, and what's he about. Then, like, then that's interesting, and I'm actually looking forward to having that conversation with you because I'm meeting Jason T. Weiser, who's this kind of 
you know, wow, ontracktips.com, here I am, let's go. And for those of you that are just now tuning in, we're here with uh, Efot Cohen and Mark Gaffney, and we're talking about digital intimacy and business. Efot and Mark are working on a book right now that they're publishing using these Hangout on Air interviews, and this is, I believe, the fourth or fifth in the series, uh, and uh, we're, so we're very grateful that Mark and uh, Efot, number four, Mark says, uh, this is the fourth in the series, and we're grateful that, the Entrec Tips, that they've invited the Entrec Tips community. That's you, that's me, to be a part of this digital intimacy conversation. Mark, you just said something that's really big that I wasn't going to touch on, but we, we need to. You said manipulation in marketing. It seems now that there, with all of this talk about in order for us to be uh, successful in business, Ifa, in a previous conversation, you had said that nobody reacts to you on Google until your voice comes out, which tells me that if I'm a business owner and somebody's going to be able to react to me, I have to put my voice out there, I have to engage, so I'm kind of forced or pigeonholed into this environment where I have to be relational. I have to engage, I have to talk. You know, not all business owners have are built that way so it brings up a couple different questions and I'm gonna let you two take it whatever way you want one question is what if I don't have the bandwidth what if I don't have the ability to be social on social media am I just screwed am I am I totally left in the dark do I hire a social media manager and of course we have a lot of talks about that or do I get in there and then now you end up seeing people being um, well I mean are, do we use this whole marketing technique okay now I'm I, I went to Mark's show. I understand what digital intimacy is. I understand there's some SEO value to it because uh, Ifat taught me about emotional SEO. So now I need to, as a marketer, unlock the secrets of this thing so that I can kind of uh, market my business so it does, at some level, become manipulative, right? Wh which one wants to jump in on that? Ifat, why don't you go first? Uh, I'm after you. Lots to okay. say on this. <laughs> yes, right? Um, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is that we remove manipulation. Once you are authentically engaging with people, then you're not manipulating. And if you really think about it, who is that? Seth Godding that wrote that you know we can only engage with like 10 people or 50 people and the max is 150 people that we can really know um, what's going on the in Dun our life. Dunbar curve, right. Thank you. Um, so because of our connections and our relationships to each other, you don't have to fake it with millions of people. You can be authentic with just 10 or 50 and they will become your brand ambassadors and talk about you and spread your gospel. I mean, look at Jesus, 12 people and <laughs> we got the whole Christianity. So you don't have to be fake with a billion people. You don't have to talk about stuff you don't want to talk about. On the contrary, the business that you are doing, there is a passion there. There's a reason why you are doing hangouts, Jason, and you are not baking bread in or fixing cars. And that conversation you will have with like-minded people that understand you and get you, and it's not going to be, ugh, I have to tweet five times a day. No, it's going to be like something that you really honestly connect on and have a lot to say about. So instead of content creation, how about read someone else's article and share that with you with your opinion right we all have opinions so your two cents twice a day in the morning and at night and the honest truth is that you're gonna get sucked in because it's interesting to you and you're gonna be spending more time on it and it's not just gonna be marketing it's gonna be relationship building and that's, well, that's great I'm gonna let me interrupt you there before we get too far off on that because it's so important there's a lot of small business owners their number one chief job of the day is to run my business it's not to be on social and with networks like Google Plus particularly you're kind of expected in this environment to carry on these long conversations you're supposed to produce something that's intelligent that adds value not everybody not everybody can do that and then once you do do that then all of a sudden you create this wonderful thread that goes on a hundred comments it takes you out of your game for the whole day 
So what what do we do in that case? I mean, you know, it almost seems like self, uh, you know, uh, self defeating. If I spend my whole day engaging, when really what I need to be doing is engaging my customers and 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 doing my client work. Mark. No, no, no that, that that that's that's a that's a great comment. I mean, I think you know people understand that you actually just like in normal intimacy, you you create appropriate boundaries. So let, let me just go a couple of steps here. Okay, here, but here's step one. So what's the, what's the basic framework for intimacy? You don't know someone, you go on a date, right? Dating is about intimacy. Now, what are you afraid of on a date? Is the guy or the woman manipulating me, or are they really nice, right? Is this their authentic self, or is this just the kind of, you know, everyone says that, you know, a woman sends her agent on the first 10 dates, right? In other words, you don't actually, you know, or, the, or a man sends his agent, right? You don't actually meet the person until the 10th date. So, in other words, in the beginning, there's a kind of manipulation. So, I, t I always tell my students, Jason, if you want to know if the person's authentic, See how they treat the waiter. How they treat the waiter or the cab driver, that's always how they're going to treat you in the end. And so what we're looking for is, and people can sense the difference is, is how do we show up as a business? Do we show up you know, with a sense of decency? Do we show up with a sense of integrity? And, and we can actually say as a business, you know, hey, we're serving our customers. We want to be in interaction with you, right? We care about you, right? We're not going to spend all day, you know, posting articles for you because you don't want us to do that. Right? A business can actually say that. You actually want us to be in the business of serving customers. But here's the two windows that were available, and we'll find you at those two windows. And actually, that feels better and less manipulative and more authentic. So just like a normal intimacy, you create boundaries, and you create the sense of what my, my mother used to call being a mensch. You know, it's one of those great you know, words in Yiddish. You know, being a mensch meaning you just feel the person's decency. Right? You know, just you feel their integrity and you show up not because they're doing this kind of fawning, you know, inauthentic, kind of over personalized, you know, overselling. Right? That's actually not intimate. It's actually weird. It's weird on a date and it's weird from a business. You actually have to find, just like you do in a conversation, your natural rhythm of authentic showing up within appropriate boundaries. Does that make sense? I, me, yeah, it does. And 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 what I want to do, I want to kind of move a little bit off of this. Um, I think that we've we've really touched on this. We get the authenticity. We get the be real, be genuine. That's how you make friends, engage. I want to go uh, to another step here. Uh, and I want to jump back to what you were talking about, Efot, which got asked on another HOA, and we and and uh, the question got skipped over. You made a comment. You said, uh, for me, it feels like a shift. Is going on from the masculine to the feminine, and we want we went from all these manly things in the world like marketing and sales and stuff, and now we're a little bit more about images and engagement and conversation and intimacy. So, are we looking at an entire global trend that we're moving toward uh, the feminine more? We see that, of course, Pinterest, Instagram, uh, visual. Do you want to touch on that? Uh, reminding you, we've only have about five more minutes left. So, you thought I want you to touch on that a little bit, but Mark, I want to hear your answer to her question totally. that we never got in the last interview. Uh, yeah, I, I totally do. If Google is the one that's leading the way, right, and dictating how we behave online, and Google ranks us based on engagement, not based on numbers, based on relationships, based on who we are connecting with and what people think about us, that's to me is the biggest indicator that this is where we're going. That's my two cents. <laughs> like 30 seconds. <laughs> Fantastic. Mark, are, we, are we making a shift from masculine to feminine, Mark? And yeah, do we, and, and do I, we I think, have to I know think, about this as business owners to, to apply yeah, this to think, our marketing? I think we actually are. I must, I'll just leave you with this thought. I'm actually just signed a contract for a new book um, that I'm writing with um, John Gray and Warren Farrell called Beyond Venus and Mars. And John wrote the original Venus and Mars book right, on the masculine and feminine. And basically what we're saying in this book is 
is that actually in the new world, all of us need to be able to access both our masculine and our feminine qualities. The masculine and feminine lives in all of us, and every business has a masculine and feminine, right? Every human being has masculine and feminine, and being able to deploy both and move between them is the skill of the new, if you will, bar Star Wars for a second, the new Jedi Knight. New Jedi Knight, you know, has a sword, masculine, but receives the energy of the force, feminine, right? And that's, that creates the new hero, right? The new entrepreneur, right, is both profoundly feminine, receptive, listening, taking in feedback, and at the same time, powerfully masculine, moving forward, making it happen, right, and, and, and creating action. And actually, those, of, those qualities merged in us create a new wholeness, and in that new wholeness, right, is actually the great goal of all old spiritual systems, the merging of masculine and feminine taking place online right now. Last week, I interviewed Cynthia Sanchez about Pinterest, and she pulled up a really interesting stat stating that women are the significant purchasing or buy, make, the, make the most purchasing and buying decisions in the home. And there was a case study that she, she used for that. Wow. That was interesting. Uh, pair that up with EFOT's, with EFOT's statement about the shift over to uh, femininity. All right. Now, we, we've identified what digital intimacy is. We've had a little bit of a love fest in the conversation. I don't say that mockingly by any means because I think it's you're right. It's very important that we identify this and we, we have to ask ourselves for step one let's identify the issue and I don't I, I was going to say let's identify the problem but I don't even know that it's a problem right uh, but let's identify the issue let's identify what's happening let's kind of pull out some case case scenarios but now what four interviews later and I still haven't heard what's tomorrow why are we I, I know why we're having the discussion but once it's all done we've collected our data we've got all of our evidence now we hope to cure it change it transform it Identify what? What's next? The entire future of consciousness, Jason, rests on our being able to create new we spaces, right? The future of the environmental movement, the future of the debt movement, the future of you know every major social issue depends on creating a global commons that bypasses narrow governments and creates actually a new vision of how governance happens, right? A new vision of how consciousness evolves, a new vision of how concerted action emerges from. That requires intimate concerted action. It requires not just, you know, you know, kind of explosions online. It requires us to be able to, to establish relationships online between like-minded people all over the world, to establish tribes with a vision that know how to talk to each other, that know how to engage, and know how to actually take the conversation forward in every key area from religion to politics to social vision. So actually digital intimacy and the ability, the ability to establish evolutionary we spaces based on principles of digital intimacy is actually the future of the planet. It's the single most important movement we can have in consciousness today. Ifat, we got about three minutes left. Totally agree. I mean, I, I, I started with Google Plus and Hangouts, and I really think that Hangouts are going to change the world because the connections that are being, the conversations, the relationships, the business that are happening uh, in Hangouts. Look at me. I'm in Israel right now, and I am working. You know, I can be anywhere in the world. If I'm jumping on a Hangout with someone uh, from Egypt, which I did, and now we are friends, it's no longer them Muslims, them Christians, them Jews. It's as it's this guy, right? And the conversations that we're having are really bridging, you know, geographical boundaries, and that changes on uh, 
you know, human level, like individuals. And as we change, the world changes. So I really think that these connections that are happening online right now are really slowly, ground level, changing the entire society, the entire world, not just one country at a time. We hear things like this all the time, and in two minutes, if it's possible, if it's possible that we're to wrap this thing up in two minutes, we hear this a lot. Someday we're going to look back at all of this, what we're doing to ourselves, all this damage that's been done to our families, how we're disconnecting, how we're spending more time at texting than we are at the dinner table, having family time. We're going we're, we're gonna to someday look back at all this and shake our head. It's like, oh, man, why did we ever let it happen? What did we ever do? And it reminded me, as I was having this conversation with a couple of friends of mine, it reminded me of, in America, we had the uh, recycle movement that started in, like, the early 90s, where in school we were taught about recycling, and then now it's just kind of like something that we do. Do you think that there's a future where we're going to have this kind of a, uh, I mean, we see, it, we see it a little bit with the don't text while you drive campaigns, but do you think there's going to be any sort of a campaign going on uh, like in, in all of society to help teach us to be less digitally uh, engaged and more physically engaged, Mark? A absolutely. We, we never want the digital world to replace the face-to-face -face world. We need to make two moves, 10 seconds. One move is to bring intimacy to the digital, and two is right to retain the intimacy right, of our face-to-face -face encounters and have them work together and to get rid of alienation both online and offline. That's the move. Ifat? I see it happening with Hangouts in real life, you know, where strangers who never knew each other before meet, fly together to one city, and all of a sudden it's like friends and family together, and they're spending three days having the time of their life. They never knew each other before Hangouts, and now they are flying all over the world just to meet with each other. So this is already happening. There are many other ways that are happening where the economy changes. If you're looking at Airbnb, if you're looking at Uber, if you're looking at all these social economical models where you make money because of your social reputation not you know how we're disturbing the entire taxi industry so all that stuff is already happening it's just not in our consciousness daily that we're thinking oh this is you know it's not something that we're like the changes happened it's happening so gradually we're not even feeling that it's happening but it's here it's happening and I want to thank everybody for listening today. You're listening to Get On Track, Stay On Track, and we are helping your small business one expert at a time with our special guest this week, Mark Gaffney and Ifat Cohen. And we're talking about digital intimacy and business. And really what I'm excited about this is we're kind of at, you know, we are a part of like kind of bursting this bubble and exposing this discussion kind of to the world. So I'm grateful to have been in kind of the ground floor, if you will, of, of such a revolutionary conversation. I want to close with a quote that Mark had said in one of the other um, interviews. He said, we need to restore the intimacy to the digital. We've got a responsibility to our digital world. And that's why we're having this conversation, Digital Intimacy and Business, both here and in previous conversations. Go to the stream and you're going to be seeing some of those links there. If you're listening to us on the podcast, head on over to OnTrackTips.com and you'll find the links in the write-up over there. Or if you're following us on YouTube or Google+, wherever it is that you follow us, we want to say thank you from OnTrack Tips and say goodbye today to our guests, Mark Gaffney, Ifat Cohen. Mark, we'll see you later. Jason, you're awesome. Thank you. All right, Thanks take care, my friend, Ifat. Thanks for having me. Bye for now.